0: Mate, did we watch a thing this week? Yeah, we did. Hello, everybody, and thanks for joining us here at We Watched A Thing. I'm Topher. I'm Billy. How you doing? No, I'm not too bad. How you doing, mate? Oh, I'm fine. Yeah, what you been up to? Stuff and junk. Yep. Yep, you? Stuff and junk, pretty much. Been a big day of recording, mate. We're about to record a guest, but with picture this. Yes, we are. It's going to be fun. We're also about to record our very first Patreon exclusive. Mm. What are we doing for that? Um, we're admitting to things that we <laughs> might not want to admit to. That's right. People have been shocked in the past, mainly at me, for not having seen things like A Few Good Men and Shawshank. Well, i here mean to tell you that's the tip of the iceberg. So, if you want to laugh at us because Topher's never seen and I've never seen then head on over to our Patreon. Uh, there's lots of cool stuff there and you can help support us. So, check that out. But what are we getting to right now, this second? Right this second, right this day, here and now, we are to talk about Incredibles 2. Yes, we are. A sequel 14 years (laughs) after the original. It's pretty shocking, isn't it? (laughs) It is. And I mean, as far as I could tell, this is the... Like, as far as, like, Disney Pixar movies goes, this is one of the only movies people were actually crying out for a sequel for. Oh, mate, I saw people picketing, wanting more Cars films. (laughs) That's right. We got two of them before we got another Incredibles, and nobody cared. Well, in the space between the first Incredibles and this one, we got three Cars films. That's right. Yeah, we got a second Monsters, Inc., which was actually great. (laughs) I didn't see that. Oh, you should actually check that out. Monsters University is very cool. But, yeah. No this. No John Carter (laughs) 2. Both of us. It's our favourite Pixar film. Oh, by far, yeah. It's clearly in the best five superhero films ever made. Absolutely it is. In the best action movies ever made. Yep. In the best A Family Actually, If You Count It Up, Kills A Heap Of People. Yeah. Movies. The body count in that film is stunning. (laughs) They kill so many henchmen. Actually, that's a good point. I feel like this one was a lot less. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I feel like there might be more action, but less deaths. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. on the island, like the amount of- Yeah, you know, they were all those baddies yeah. around and stuff, and they were yeah. constantly exploding. Like, people were not walking away from those crashes. That's true. <laughs> due <laughs> that's to like. the acts of children. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I like about The Incredibles, though, is that it's- as far as superhero movies goes, it, it shows consequences to those things and stuff. I mean, that's the whole point of the movie. Superheroes become illegal and whatnot, which is pretty cool. But we're not here to talk about The Incredibles. No, we're not. We're here to talk about Incredibles 2, which was written and directed by legend Brad Bird, who gave us Ratatouille, The First Incredibles, The Iron Giant, and he's been a member of the senior creative team for just about every Pixar movie since 2009. He's also an animator and voice artist. Did you know that he's the voice of Edna Mode? I did, yeah. yeah. Well, although I only I, I knew that as of yesterday. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the film stars Craig T. Nelson, Holly Hunter, Sarah Vowell, and Samuel L. Jackson reprising the roles from the first film. Included in that, we've also got Huck Milner, Bob Odenkirk, Catherine Keener, and Jonathan Banks. Nice little um, Breaking Bad tie-in with the cast, with Bob Odenkirk and Jonathan Banks. Yeah, yeah. Bob Odenkirk's great, isn't he? Yes, he is. He has one of the- it's a great- it's a recognisable voice, but you still don't get lost in him. You know how sometimes you hear a voice and you're like, all I can hear is that person? With Bob Odenkirk, even though it's so recognisable and you know it's him, you still recognise it as the character. All right, so let's let's talk. What did you think? I liked his film. I loved The Incredibles. I like Incredibles too. Interesting. I loved this I actually for me think it might even top the Incredibles. I knew you were gonna say that was, After the film I was trying I haven't been able to recall what it is. There's a there's a de- this is a demonstrated actual thing, the weighting that people subconsciously give oh, to yeah, things to, that unmute. It's new. the recency bias, is uh, what it's called. When we walked out of Age of Ultron, for instance, you went, that was better than the Avengers. And I don't it, and, think and i And everyone an age went. Of yes, you did. And everyone went Billy. No, it was not. See, but when was the last time you watched Incredibles? Uh, I don't know. See, because for me, having a four-year-old daughter, I I watch these movies quite regularly. I think the last time I saw the first Incredibles was maybe only about three, four weeks ago, and I've watched it a lot since it since its release. So it's not it's it's not just recency bias. I think I'm this just saying, is better. Age of Ultron. It happened. <laughs> we'll beep that out. <laughs> so there's a bunch that I that I really like about this film. The score by Michael Giacchino. Oh, the score is brilliant. Who isn't it? People might know from he's done the recent Star Trek film, films he did, Rogue One. He's done a bunch of stuff. And the score in this film is awesome. The way it kind of marries in with the retro future design yes. of the whole kind of universe is just Faultless, yeah. and I love it. Yeah, it's got some amazing pieces there. Uh, one of my favourite parts of the score is also one of my favourite action sequences. Is that scene where Elastigirl is rescuing the senator's helicopter, and you've got that really kind of tense, slow music married with this really kind of quite actiony sequence, and it's it marries together so well. It's so cool. I I don't know what the uh, maybe you know what if there's a specific term for how you animate lighting yeah it's lighting digital lighting. you just call it digital lighting, yeah the digital lighting in this film is off the hook brilliant i mean every everything this the cinematography in this film, which in animation is it's called layout there's a, a layout artist who will set up the cameras and set up like the blocking of the characters that is all outstanding the editing like the it's really this shows you how an action film should be made like the action sequences in this are so well. Done. They're so well realised and so far beyond what you would expect in yeah. that you, yeah, that what we would expect to get in an action film. Yeah, like every single part of the animation in this is amazing. The character animation, the digital effects, like the explosions and everything, everything has weight to it, and it's just so so good. I think the best sequence in the film for me was Elastigirl stopping the train. Yeah, it was cool. That was very cool. <laughs> I loved that bicycle. The talkie bike. Talkie? You know when she's, oh, yeah. Sorry. it's You know, it's electrical. What does that mean? It's talky. And I was yeah. like, hmm, no kid knows what that means. <laughs> well, apparently neither do I. <laughs> when you said talkie just then, I was like, like, like T-A-L-K-I-E, like a walkie talkie. <laughs> I don't remember the bike talking. <laughs> One of my absolute favourite sequences in the film is the kind of little standalone fight. Between Jack-Jack and the raccoon. That was my daughter's favourite scene, too. She loves cartoon violence. So, as soon as that raccoon was getting, like, you know, lazy and set on fire, she was just laughing hysterically. <laughs> and then I was, like, I was thinking back to The Incredibles, I was, where they were completely cool with just offing humans. Yeah. I was like, I wonder if Jack-Jack is going to straight up kill this raccoon. <laughs> and it's a miracle he didn't. Like Chewy with the porg. Just, yeah. Just Jack-Jack <laughs> there with a barbecued raccoon. And I thought from the um, from the trailer for this film, where we see a bit of Jack-Jack going superpowers berserk, I suspected that it was going to be something that got quite tired in the film. Yeah. But I I did not tire of Jack-Jack. I loved him. See, I don't know if I had only seen a teaser trailer, perhaps, but the trailer I had seen only showed- the Jack-Jack storyline, it only showed Mr. Incredible, you know, looking at So, I actually thought that was going to be the plot. I thought it was just going to be about Jack-Jack. And I was so glad that it wasn't. Yeah, I agree, because it would have been tired if it was. But I thought it was – I mean, Mr. Incredible storyline was one of my favourites. I loved that whole subplot of this film. Probably my favourite segment of the film is after Elastigirl has gone off to fight crime and Mr. Incredible – is left at home. That chunk of the film is probably my favourite. Yeah. I don't think, for me, that chunk of the film and then, like, the climax of the film, the third act, don't actually marry up that well. Really? For me, it's like they had a, this cool idea with with her going off and him staying at home. And then it's like, oh, but we do actually also need to throw in to this kind of adventure type thing and how are we going to do this? And it, I don't dislike it, but I don't think it's particularly strong. That's interesting. I thought the entire plot and everything was great. The only thing for me that was a little bit weak was that realization that Catherine Keener's character is the screen slaver. What that a was, shock! Yeah, I know that was that was. You knew that before the screen slaver even showed up on screen. You knew she was going to be the bad guy. So Which is fine. It's like it's fine. It's a keep kids it in mind. Movie. It's a kids film. It's a kids movie. But for me, it's like well, you could have just done a little bit better. Yeah. Like <laughs> when they first meet them and they walk into what is. As in the first film, you walk into what could very easily be the lair of a Bond villain. Yeah. And it's like, well, at least one of you siblings is a bad egg. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I did love Catherine Keener in this film as well, actually. I I thought the entire voice cast was very strong. I mean, this does extend to other Pixar films, for sure. um, But certainly within the the incredible films, the the Incredibles films, that's harder to say than it should be. (laughs) Um, The... The way that they are able to realise characters yeah. is it's mind-blowingly good. Like, how many times do we see people on screen in live-action films and you're like, oh, geez, you're a cardboard cutout. Yeah. And yet here we are watching pixels and they're such strong characters. Yeah, yeah, And that goes all the way through the process, right from the initial character design and concepts, right through to the actual animation itself and the movements and flow. It's just- it's brilliant. It's so well done. So, while I, I really did like Kinnear vocally. Keena. Kin- what did I say? Kinnear. Kinnear like Greg Kinnear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Famously not related. Um, so, while I do really like the voice work of Catherine Keena, in general, I, 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 the, the villain from the first film- is just one of the all-time greats. It, yeah, he re- Yeah, he is. Um, so, a week or two ago, I think it was, the, an, an Honest trailer came out for The Incredibles, and it makes a really good point that- um, What's the baddie's name from the first film? Syndrome. Syndrome, voiced by Jason Lee. Yes. Just amazing. <laughs> I love Jason Lee. <laughs> <laughs> Syndrome was this, like, amazing precursor to online fanboy culture now. Oh, yeah. All these people yeah. who don't got what, get what they want from these things they love and just crack the shits. Yeah, just toxic fandom, which- yeah. oh. Yeah, it's now very real. And wh- so, while I like the voice work of the villain in this film, the villain themselves, like their their motives, aren't as strong. Yeah, in general, it's not as memorable. Really, it just exists so that there's something that would be bad for supers. Yeah, that, that's that's a fair criticism. Although, when the um when the screen slaver was doing his it's it's rant thing, some of it you were like. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> I mean, there's nothing better than a villain that you sympathise with. Yep. <laughs> How did you feel about our re- visit with Edna Mode in this film? Oh, I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> One of my favourite parts of this film is the the shot where Mr. Incredible and Edna Mode are walking down the hallway and he's, he's just so tired and he's telling her the story and he comes out with- we needed AAA batteries, but I accidentally bought double A batteries. We still need AAA batteries. And my wife looked at me and laughed because I literally did that this week.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> 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 I just I, I loved Mr. Incredible in this film. The like the way that you know he obviously cares for his wife, but he's so jealous at the same oh, time. Oh yeah. <laughs> like, just and it, it is one of those great little kind of contrasting things. This person who is so Outwardly so strong and everything, and yet so clearly insecure <laughs> about the fact that, oh, dear God, my wife's outperforming me. <laughs> <laughs> like, Mr. Incredible, you're pathetic. <laughs> so there's all those, um, we get the kind of host of other supers who have kind of come out of the woodwork a bit. One of them, Helectrix, I think it was, who's voiced by uh, Phil Lamar, who was Marvin in Pulp Fiction. Oh, right. And was also Hermes in Futurama. Huh. Um, he didn't need the evil goggles. He had serial killer written all <laughs> over his face. From the first time you meet him. There's, there's like half a dozen of them there. And one of them I'm looking at going. <laughs> you're a baddie. You're a baddie. <laughs> so many of them did, though. Like, look at little Hans Molman with with his acid reflux. <laughs> yeah, that's true. The he- owl looked pretty evil as oh, well, actually. Oh, yeah. Yeah, mate. In it fact- was really just void that I was like, you're yeah, okay. Ah oh, even then mate there was something about her don't trust girls with colored hair all right <laughs> <laughs> you and the russian government <laughs> we also have did you mention isabella rossellini in your no when you went through the cast she was um the the ambassador it was oh, like right. essentially? Just I like, thought I recognized that yeah. voice. I was, yeah, I could. I didn't pick it during the film. I yeah. was like, "Who is this?" But like, we've just grabbed Angela Merkel really <laughs> yeah. and slotted her into the film. <laughs> I was cheering pretty hard for the ambassador. <laughs> I thought I recognized that voice. I love Isabella Rossellini. She's the one who in in Friends Ross says that he would add to his list, but he, but he- then because she's too international. <laughs> Why is it laminated then? <laughs> He does, he does proposition her in that episode, doesn't he? He does. He goes to her and he says, you know, you're on my list. And she says, can I see the list? And she's not on it. He, yeah, he tries to get some. Yeah, it's a pretty creepy move. <laughs> I know, you don't do it. You no. do it. These lists aren't real. <laughs> Yours is real. I mean, I've got one. <laughs> <laughs> so here's a question for you. Do you suspect that based on this, we will get an Incredibles 3 sooner than we got a 2 or at all? Look, I would think so because these companies are fond of making money. Yeah. And an Incredibles 3 would make money. Do I need another one? No. Would you say that you needed this one, though? No. 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 And how many sequels do you really need ever? None. They're movies. I don't need any of them. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I kind of do, like, for my livelihood, (laughs) the more movies they make, the better. (laughs) (laughs) But you could get another job. Uh yeah. I can think of several things you'd be good at. Thanks, mate. That's sweet. <laughs> no one's ever told me I'm good at stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'd be happy to get a number three. Yeah, I'd be happy yeah. to, and I suspect we will, just on the like the economics of it. Yeah. Would I how confident would I be about the quality of that film? I would I would imagine it would be good. Yeah. Cause they tend to be, but there might be a bit of a, you know, law of diminishing returns about it. Hmm. They should probably cast one of us as the villain. Yeah, that'd be cool. It's Boomerang. <laughs> we'll be like a superhero wrangler, like the Crocodile Hunter. Yeah. Or, or like uh, Mr. Crocodile in Suicide Squad. Was that his name? No, way. no, no, was no. Boomerang, wasn't yeah. he? Is he? Is he Captain Boomerang or is he just Boomerang? Something remember offensive. Yeah, good old Aussie Jai. Yeah. <laughs> he was one of the better things about that steaming pile of a film, actually. You think there was anything good about that movie? I said one of the better things, didn't I? <laughs> you did. Yeah. <laughs> I still think that's too generous. <laughs> you could have phrased it one of the slightly less mediocre things. Yeah, but at least he reached a level of mediocrity that the rest of that film did not. <laughs> so, props to Jai. <laughs> On you, Jai. <laughs> all right, so all in all, what are you scoring Incredibles 2? It's a seven for me. I like it. I he like it. such a sad man. But I just, I just like it. This is a hard eight for me. You know, on reflection, you're right. It's probably not as good as the first one. The points I took off were for the, what I found kind of weaknesses in the story and narrative you know, like things like the villain being a bit predictable and not being, you know, having that great motives. As far as the actual production of the film goes, I think this is far and away the best looking and directed Pixar film we've ever seen. It's phenomenal. It's phenomenal. Like the- we touched on it before, that kind of retro-futuristic whole design of the film. Yeah. is It's so bloody good. It really is. Yeah. Um, and like you said, it marries so well with the score. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for me, yeah, what takes away from it is just the the flow of the story, for me, doesn't quite wet up. Like, I still really enjoyed it. But yeah. while, as I said at the beginning, while I thought the first film was great, I think this one's good. Yeah, like the whole is not as good as the sum of its parts. Exactly. Exactly. Well, speaking of sequels to franchises, what are we getting to next week? Oh. <laughs> I know you're excited about this one. <laughs> the dread. <I'm- laughs> so, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom yeah. is next week, which on the strength of the trailers, I think, is just going to be a pile of crap. Yeah, based on the trailer, I-, I agree. I was really hopeful for this film, and I have such a deep love for Jurassic Park that- I have so far enjoyed every movie in the franchise, even if I know it's not good. And I was hoping this would be the same, but based on the trailers, I predict this is going to be the first one I'm not even going to have a good time in. At least we're going to be easily pleased, given our expectation levels. That's, that's true. Maybe we should go together and just, you know, share like- uh, my girlfriend would of- book tickets for oh, us. Sick. I was going to say we could get ice creams and whatnot. I'm going to say it before you. Speaking of which, my daughter is so my daughter- <laughs> the entire drive to the theatre, all she was asking about was, could we get an ice cream? And she was planning it out. She was like, I'm going to get strawberry. Daddy, you can get chocolate. What are you going to get, Mummy? Like, she was- all she thought about was the ice cream and popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> Yesterday morning, we went to uh, Disobedience. My girlfriend was getting tickets. I was getting Candy Bar. And, like, I got her a chalk top. And then she was surprised that I got one for me as well. I was like, have we met? <laughs> Who did you think I was? <laughs> <laughs> what did you think of disobedience? Oh, it's very good. Yeah, it's very good. Um, there'll be a there'll be a mini review for that on the on the Patreon coming up soon. Actually. Well, speaking of the Patreon, if you want to find that and support us there, you can do that at patreon.com forward slash we watched a thing. If you want to get in touch with us, you can do that at wewatchedathing.com or we watched a thing at gmail.com. We're on all of the social medias at we watched a thing, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We also this morning recorded a spot with Picture This, which is an awesome podcast. Really funny. That was a great time. So that'll come out on tomorrow, I believe, Friday. If you're listening to this on Thursday. If you're listening to this Of course, time's relative in (laughs) podcast land. You're right. You can listen at any time. That's the beautiful thing about podcasts. That's right. (laughs) Uh, So, again, keep an eye out for, if you're not already a listener of Picture This, their new episode featuring the two of us. A lot of fun. We had a great time with those guys. So, keep an eye out for it. And until next time, go watch a movie. See you, people. For...